Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And good afternoon, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Good evening, Darren Pritchett with you. Eight minutes after five o'clock on this Tuesday, May the 24th of 2022. A shortened Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight because we have South Bend Cubs baseball coming your way tonight. South Bend hosting the Great Lakes Loons, the Dodgers affiliate. Pre-game coverage at 545, first pitch at 605 at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Tim Ground State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Mike Singer. Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, will join me in our next segment right around 520 here on WSBT Radio. Right now, let's get to a little bit of breaking news surrounding the Chicago White Sox. It has been kind of a rough start to the year for the White Sox, not just from a win-loss standpoint. Injuries have really derailed them. Right now the Sox are 21 and 20, second place in the AL Central, four and a half games in back of the leading Minnesota Twins. The White Sox are already shorthanded right now. They're even more shorthanded starting tonight as the White Sox have announced that their star center fielder Luis Robert is going to be out of the lineup. He has now been placed on the COVID-19 injured list. Corner infielder Jake Berger has been recalled from AAA Charlotte to take Robert's place on the White Sox active roster. Now, general manager Rick Hahn just spoke with the media, and he indicated that Robert has been experiencing symptoms of the virus. Whether he's tested positive isn't clear, but Hahn indicated he didn't expect Robert to return to the team until next week. In the meantime, it looks like Adam Engel will handle center field for the White Sox with Robert 
on the shelf. Luis Robert, the 24-year-old, hitting 285 with a 319 on base and a 438 slugging percentage. Six stolen bases for Robert, but it looks like we will not see Luis Robert until next week as he has been placed on the COVID list. Meanwhile, Han provided an update on a couple of key players rehabbing from injury. Han says both starter Lance Lynn and outfielder Eloy Jimenez are likely to head out on minor league rehab assignments within a week. Now, Lynn has been progressing through live hitters, and he is ready to take that next step and head out on a rehab assignment. Meanwhile, I would have to think that Aloy Jimenez is recovering quicker than the White Sox expected, but this is hugely positive news as Jimenez, who is exactly a month removed from a hamstring tendon tear, he was going to be on the shelf for six to eight weeks, but it looks like Jimenez will be ready to head out on a rehab assignment very, very soon. Now, Aloy played in just 11 games before suffering the injury, hitting 222, the on-base at 256, slugging 333 with one home run. So, some bad news and a couple of pieces of good news for Tony LaRusso's team. Luis Robert on the COVID-19 injured list. We should not see him until next week. But Lance Lynn and Eloy Jimenez, they are getting very, very close. In fact, within a week of starting rehab assignments as they try to work their way back to the big club as the White Sox try to put together a roster with everybody they plan to be on it. At some point, hopefully they'll get there. But right now it's just been a little hit and miss with guys getting dinged up as Yoan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez have been on the sideline. Now Luis Robert will sit due to the, the COVID issue. It just seems like a never-ending circle for this White Sox team dealing with injuries. All right, 513 at WSBT. We have to quickly get to our sports wagering segment. Money, money, money. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Well, last night was one of those nights you hope for as everything went to plan. Let's recap our suggestions from yesterday's program. Cubs and Reds over nine runs at minus 120. Ian Happ's three-run home run late in that ball game put us over the top. Ended up being 7-4 Cubs. And that means the total was 11, and that is a winning suggestion. The second suggestion last night, the Dodgers minus one and a half runs at the Nationals at minus 135. The Dodgers had to win by two. They won by nine. Dodgers over the Nationals by a tally of 10 to one. A different wager, I took the Cardinals to lead after the first three innings. It was a three-choice wager. Cardinals in the lead, Blue Jays in the lead, or a tie. I went with Cardinals having the lead after three innings at plus 140. Brendan Donovan came through with an extra base RBI knock, and the Cardinals led 1-0 after three innings, a game that they would win in extra innings 7-3. So that was another 
Good suggestion. The fourth pick last night, Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler over six and a half strikeouts at the Braves. He had seven through three innings. We'll take that. He finished with ten. So a perfect four for four on our suggestions last night. Plus our underdog pick. This has to be a plus number. And last night, out in San Francisco, I took the visiting New York Mets on the money line at plus 120 at the San Francisco Giants. I thought their starter, Peterson, would do a nice job against the Giants, and sure enough, he did. Mets won 13-3. So everything came up roses. Five of five last night. Now, don't expect that every night. That might be the only time that happens for a good amount of time. But let's try again. Here are the four suggestions for tonight's action. We'll start with Cardinals and Blue Jays down in St. Louis. I'm going over seven runs in the game. Jordan Hicks taking on Kevin Gausman. Hicks has struggled early on in starts. He doesn't go deep into games. St. Louis used all their key bullpen pieces last night. I'm expecting a few more runs tonight. Cardinals, Blue Jays over seven runs. Raise on the money line against the Marlins at minus 150. I am a huge Shane McClanahan fan, starting pitcher for the Rays. He is striking out well over a hitter per inning. I saw him a lot in 2019 with Bowling Green against South Bend. I'm riding McClanahan tonight and the Rays on the money line. Brewers on the money line at the Padres at minus 135. Let's go ahead and Get behind the Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns, taking on Blake Snow, making just his second start coming up the injured list. And from the NHL, the Rangers at home. I've got them on the money line, beating the Hurricanes. You get that game at minus 110. The Hurricanes are 0-4 on the road so far in the postseason. I'm hoping it's going to be 0-5. I'll take the Blue Shirts on the money line over the Canes at minus 110. That's basically a coin flip game. My underdog pick tonight, let's go back to the well. I like the Mets again behind Chris Bassett on the mound. Mets on the money line at the Giants. It's barely fitting to be in this category. It is plus 105. So those are the suggestions for tonight's action in our sports wagering segment. A lot happening with Notre Dame football recruiting. The expert, Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated, joins me next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike, good to talk to you. How are you today? Doing great, Darren. I'm glad to be on, man. Let's talk some Notre Dame football recruiting. Since the last time you were on the program, Notre Dame had a decommitment as Cedric Irving Jr. has decided to reopen his recruitment. I'd like to get your thoughts on Irving's decision, and I'm wondering, did it have anything to do with a certain five-star running back that we talked about last week that was interested in visiting the University of Notre Dame? It had to have played some kind of role, Darren. I mean, I think it would be naive to say otherwise. I mean, look, he was officially visiting, as far as we knew, he was going to officially visit Notre Dame June 10th for that major weekend. Um, by all accounts, he was very solid with the Fighting Irish, not looking at other schools. He had just visited for the spring game. So clearly something happened here, Darren. I mean, Notre Dame 
So we're recording this Tuesday. Um, Notre Dame seems to be closing in on a commitment from Jaden Lamar from Washington. He announces Thursday. Irish are after, like you mentioned, five-star running back uh, Richard Young from Florida. Still after Jeremiah Love from St. Louis Christian Brothers, um, a fast-rising big-time back now who's a track star as well. So they're recruiting all these guys, and you typically only take two running backs, and it's not like Notre Dame's recruiting. Hey, maybe this running back could be a corner. They were recruiting all these guys as running backs. So I, I think there was a little bit of seeing the writing on the wall maybe, Darren. So – after the smoke settles, do you think Notre Dame is still going to be in really good shape with running backs in this class? I do. I, I mean, look, Irvin's a very good player. Mm -hmm. um, his father, Cedric Irvin Sr., Darren, I'm, I know you'll remember his time as a running back at Michigan State. Um, he's related to Michael Irvin, of course, former uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, this guy had terrific bloodline, Cedric Irvin. So it's crazy to lose this kind of running back who had offers from Florida State, Miami, Florida, Bama, all these big-time programs, and the Irish are going to be just fine. Again, the on-three recruiting prediction machine has the Fighting Irish as a big favorite uh, for Jaden Lamar going into his decision Thursday. And then I, I think they're in pretty good shape for Jeremiah Love as well, who I just mentioned. And then can they pull off a huge upset for the number one running back in the entire 2023 class? Richard Young from Southwest Florida. I mean, it, it does look really good. And then you got to remember the 2022 class, they bring in Jabran Payne, um, the late addition. That was just a, uh, what, a, a month ago, uh, Easter weekend. He commits to Notre Dame. And then they also had this guy, Jadarian Price, commit, Darren, and sign. And he looked fantastic in spring ball by all accounts. So, yeah, Notre Dame running back recruiting is a good spot. You even go back to the 2021 class. Uh, you bring in Audrey Estevain, Logan Diggs. So, yeah, running back, recruiting, not an issue for Notre Dame right now. Mike, let's shift gears to the wide receiver position. Since this cycle started, uh, you've obviously laid out the need for not only quantity, but quality in this class at that position. And it sure seems like Chancey Stuckey, the new wide receiver coach, is off to a really good start in this recruiting cycle. There's a player by the name of Rico Flores that's going to be announcing his school of choice on July the 3rd and it sounds like he's got some pretty elite college football programs to choose from what do you like about Flores game and do you feel like the Irish have a realistic chance to gain his commitment his top three is Georgia Ohio State and Notre Dame doesn't <laughs> really get too much better than that um, I've all, I've actually got a prediction in for Flores to land at Notre Dame. I feel like the Fighting Irish are doing the best job recruiting him right now. He hasn't been to campus, um, but Braylon James hadn't been to Notre Dame's campus either, and then the first time he visited in March, it, you know, it was a done deal basically at that point. So I think Flores could be in a similar situation. Number 232 overall player, number 35 wide receiver according to the on three consensus, 6'1", 190, an outside guy, but I think we haven't seen the best of Rico Flores Jr. I think he's, uh, you know, got an enormous upside in that. I, I think he can play, you know, outside. Of, I could see him in the slot as well, play some big-time ball in, in Folsom, California. So, um, you know, on Wednesday, Darren, we're expecting to see a commitment from Rodney Gallagher likely to West Virginia. Hmm. That's a loss for Notre Dame. The Irish were after him, the speedy slot receiver, but – 
you know, if Notre Dame, Lance, Braylon James, Rico Flores Jr., and then Jaden Greathouse, uh, the latter of which, uh, 6'2", 220 pounds, a big wide receiver from Austin, Texas, that would be a darn good trio for the Fighting Irish and one of the better receiver classes in recent history for Notre Dame. Yeah, Mike, I mentioned Flores is going to announce on July 3rd. Do you think there's any chance Notre Dame gets a wide receiver commitment between today and July 3rd? It would, I would think it would be great house. He visits, officially visits Notre Dame July, excuse me, June 17th. So maybe takes that official visit and then uh, could, could commit soon afterwards. So I, I do think, Darren, receiver recruiting should be mostly wrapped up before the start of the season. Um, do they get to potentially four receiver commitments? Then you could be looking at Chicago, uh, Simeon wide receiver Malik Elzey, who Notre Dame offered last summer and still is in the mix for. And I'll have an article at blueandgold.com on him in the near future. So those are uh, some of the guys who, who could be possibilities. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. I'm going to shift gears to quarterback for a second, and I'm not going to mention Dante Moore's name, but I think I'm going to ask a question that kind of ties him into the conversation. But I saw on social media this week that a pretty good quarterback verbally committed to Alabama. In a roundabout way, does that affect Notre Dame and the recruitment of Dante Moore? I guess, uh, <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, it, it would be, have to be something like this takes Alabama out of the running if they were going to offer him, or LSU is now likely to, because LSU is after this young man, Eli Holstein, they're more likely to turn up the heat on Dante, but they were already recruiting him pretty hard to begin with. So, yeah, maybe, but it takes Alabama out of the Arch Manning sweepstakes, you would think, but now Arch Manning, of course, nephew of, uh, you know, Peyton and Eli, mm -hmm. he's still supposed to be officially visiting Alabama. So it, <laughs> you would think this would be a pretty big quarterback domino that fell, but hmm. from a Notre Dame perspective with Dante Moore personally, um, I, I think it, it's mostly the same. I think we just played Kevin Bacon's six of days of separation or whatever that game is. A lot of dominoes in between Notre Dame and that particular storyline. So how about something a little different? 2024 quarterback recruiting for Notre Dame. Where do the Irish stand right now? Yeah, they, it seems like they've had a big two. You know, you talk about big threes all the time. It seemed like a big two of uh, Julian Sayan from San Diego. Hey, who's the last uh, San Diego quarterback Notre Dame land? This guy named Tyler Buckner. Don't know if Irish <laughs> fans know about him. And then C.J. Carr, grandson of Lloyd Carr. Um, and then his dad was a quarterback in Michigan. So it would certainly be an interesting uh, recruiting win if the Irish are able to go into quite literally Michigan's family and, and, and landing a quarterback prospect. Also, Adrian Posse is a four-star quarterback uh, from South Florida who Notre Dame offered last summer after seeing him in person, and he's expected to be back on campus to throw for Tommy Reese and the staff in early June. So those are the big three names. I, I, so I said big two, so now, now it's the big three names to, to keep an eye on. <laughs> Caleb Downs, he's a safety from Georgia, and from what I've read, one of the top safeties in his class. When you think about Notre Dame had Kyle Hamilton – First-round pick, Baltimore Ravens. 
They're bringing in Brandon Joseph, and I think the expectation is he's going to be an impact player at the safety position coming from Northwestern, and we've talked. Heck, he could be a number one or a first-round pick next year in the NFL draft if he would come out and play as well this year. So now we come to downs. That would be a pretty good sequence of safeties to go through this Notre Dame football program. What are your thoughts on Caleb Downs? And besides all the normal things that get you interested in Notre Dame, does it get his attention how high Kyle Hamilton went in this draft coming from the University of Notre Dame? So Notre Dame fans might remember Caleb's older brother, Josh, receiver for the North Carolina Tar Heels, catching a bunch of passes on Notre Dame last fall. Josh Downs, when he was a high school recruit, played AAU basketball with Kyle Hamilton. Um, so there is a long connection between the Hamilton and the Down family. Uh, Downs family. They, they go back years. So Caleb's close friends with that family, you know, they, he knows Kyle well. He's seen the development he's had at Notre Dame. So that's certainly an interesting factor um, in terms of Notre Dame and Caleb Downs. Um, I mean, Caleb's mom is a teacher. So, I mean, education is really important in that recruitment. So people think it's, it's more likely Georgia or Alabama or maybe even Ohio State than Notre Dame in terms of a commitment for Downs. But, I mean, this will be his fourth time visiting Notre Dame. He was on campus for the first time last summer. Um, he saw the, uh, the North Carolina game, uh, you know, seeing his brother. But he told me after that game he was rooting for Notre Dame. Um, he was just on campus for the spring game. So getting him back on campus for a fourth time, pretty big deal. So um, as far as him as a player, he's the number one safety in the country. I mean, I don't need to go into any more detail than that. He's a bona fide five-star stud. I was just at a spring game Friday. Um, you know, I think his quarterback, it was a scrimmage, so it was inter-squad scrimmage. His quarterback knew not to really throw Caleb's way, so we didn't <laughs> see a ton of um, downs making plays in, in that. But He's definitely a bona fide stud. There's no doubt about it. Mike, I want to ask you about recruiting in the city of Chicago for a couple of minutes. Uh, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that have really taken advantage of Illinois being down for many, many years now. Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, among the Big Ten teams that have made a living recruiting there. When I came to town not so long after, there was a guy by the name of Mike Goolsby that you might be familiar with. Now, he came from Joliet, but I think everything in Illinois is tied into Chicago, so we'll, we'll call that Chicagoland area. But from my perspective, Mike, it seems like Notre Dame has not pushed as hard in Chicago maybe the last decade compared to when I first came to town. I just like your thoughts on is this particular coaching staff paying more attention to the city of Chicago. They've been recruiting a good bit in there for the spring evaluation period, you know, the past month. So that's been good. I mean, they're uh, had, had coaches in there Monday, Friday, Reese has been in there a good bit. Um, I mean, you, you look at the past recruiting classes, I'm just going off the top of my head here, Darren, you had uh, Riley Mills in the 2020 cycle. You had Justin Walters, 2021, my, who are the other, I mean, Houston Griffith, 2018, but like, who are the Chicago guys on, on the roster? Just, I mean, they're just, I mean, look, Notre Dame is the school that they don't care where you're from. Correct. They're going to go get the best players in the country that fit, fit Notre Dame. Um, and I guess even under Mark Streaman, that maybe the kids don't know they fit Notre Dame, but he's going to go and convince them otherwise. 
So I think maybe I could be wrong here, but I, I think it's just a, a matter of is Chicago offering top talent? And if it is, Notre Dame's going to go in there. I mean, the 2024 class, the number three overall player, according to on three is Justin Scott from St. Ignatius. Notre Dame's going to go after him. They offered him here recently. He's a five-star recruit. You got Cam, Cam Williams um, from Glenbard South, four-star receiver in the 2024 class. Notre Dame's um, after him. We've talked about him, I think, in just last week's show, Darren. Malik Elzey I talked about earlier, um, a 2023 four-star wide receiver. Notre Dame's in the mix for that recruitment. So I think when there's those guys there, Notre Dame will go after them. But I don't think they're going to do much of reaching for talent just because they're from Chicago. Finally, this is kind of a, a wild card question. From the last week, anything catch your attention in terms of a player getting an offer or maybe an assistant coach going somewhere to talk to a particular player? I'll kind of leave it at that and let you take where you want to go. Oh, man, but you're throwing me a softball. <laughs> i got to figure something out here. Um Man, um, the Rodney Gallagher thing I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. that was notable. Dante Moore, the five-star quarterback we talk about all the time, Notre Dame's most important recruit in quite some time, set up an unofficial visit to go to Texas A&M June 17th, a weekend we had been hearing was possible for Notre Dame to host him on campus. Um, Charles Jagusaw, um, from Illinois, not in Chicago, but – that's uh, a five-star offensive tackle, according to On3, who Notre Dame seems to be um, in improving position form. We've written about him at blueandgold.com this week. Uh, and, and then lastly, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, Darren, just kind of yeah. random recruiting notes, but five-star uh, Notre Dame edge commit. So he's a, a big-time pass rusher. Keon Keeley, by all accounts, is just officially visiting Notre Dame in June. Uh, we don't, there's no news of him taking trips elsewhere, so... Mm -hmm. That's certainly welcome news for a Notre Dame fan. I asked for one nugget. I got seven. How about that? It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Mike, your great offer continues at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. For those six or seven Irish fans who still have not taken advantage, what do they get for their $1? I mean, <laughs> if somehow you enjoy listening to me on Darren's show and, and, and hear my ramblings, then you'll love blueandgold.com because – I mean, I write three or four articles every day, uh, at least during the week now in the offseason. Um, tons of recruiting insights, information, nuggets, scoop, uh, analysis, all that good stuff. Um, you know, we have such a great staff between Ashton Pollard, Tyler Forkett, Tim Hyde, Patrick Angle, all of our writers at Blue and Gold do such a good job covering Notre Dame football. And then we have the loose emoji message board, of course, named after the GOAT of Notre Dame Athletics, a loose emoji. Um, and we thousands of passionate Notre Dame fans. There is no off-season on the message board. It's always uh, locked and loaded with tons of awesome Notre Dame conversations and conversations about anything. We're talking about the best melting pot cities for college football today. It's been a good discussion on the board. So definitely go to blueandgold.com and check it out. Has there been any Liverpool talk on the message board? Oh, yeah, we talk soccer. I'm a big <laughs> soccer fan. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're talking uh, Champions League uh, final on Saturday. Go Reds.
There you go. Hey, Mike, good catching up with you today. We might be talking again soon if the Irish get a verbal commitment this week. We'll see what happens, but always appreciate your time, and great to have you on WSBT Radio. All right. Thanks, Darren. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 